Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. So welcome to the Brave, Bold, Brilliant podcast. I am actually going to the other side of the world today to have a fabulous conversation with the wonderful Andrea Edwards. Now, Andrea is otherwise known as the Digital Conversationalist. She's an author, a public speaker, a communications expert, gosh, you name it, and a fellow podcaster. So welcome, Andrea. Nice to see you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You've got the same energy as I have. So it's, I'm sure we're going to have a a, a, a fast conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we will. High energy, power women. That's what we like. <laughs> Good stuff. So you're actually based over in Phuket, you were just saying before we started uh, started the uh, record side of things. Yeah, I left Australia in 1995. I've kind of been on the road ever since, but I've been in Phuket for the last four and a half years. So from a riding out the pandemic time, it's been a pretty amazing place to be. But on the other side, it's also been a very sad place to be because, you know, the economic impact has really, really hammered people in this part of the world. And you've really seen the suffering at the same time. So it's great for our family, but, you know, it's been hard at the same time. Yeah, I can imagine. And um, as you say, a sort of an Australian by by birth. Um, and uh, but yeah, pretty, pretty um, intercultural by the sounds of it. So I can't wait to hear more. So Andrea, great to have you with us. Uh, if you could start by just giving us a quick canter through your background, where life started for you and kind of where you are today. And then we're going to take it from there, if that's all right. Yeah, I'm a country girl from Australia. And uh you know, I grew up in this place called Aubrey Wodonga, which are two towns on the border north of Mel- about 300 kilometres north of Melbourne. Uh, went to university in Melbourne and then I had I got my first job. I was a musician in the Australian Army, which um, surprises most people, but I was very passionate about my music. But that was the point when I moved into public relations and the Army put me through a course at RMIT on public relations. And then I put my backpack on and left. In 1992, I went on my first travels. I went through Egypt, um, Israel, and Jordan, which was just, that that was it for me. I was hooked. And then 1995, I left and um, I eventually landed in London after going through India, China, Thailand, and Hong Kong. So 1995 in China, you can imagine, was very, very different to the place it is today. So when I go back to China, it's really kind of mind-blowing. But landed in London, nobody could understand me. I had a very strong country Australian accent. So it softened over the years, but I'm not one of those people that changes my accent when I'm with people. But I got into PR in London. Eventually, somebody gave me a go and um, ended up in tech PR, which was really just sort of, a, it was an exploding business at the time. And I worked on the Microsoft account for this company called Tex100 in London. It was brilliant. Then I went to Boston, uh, still with Tex100. Then I went to New York. And then, of course, 9-11 happened. So put my bag on again, went through Central America, landed in Sydney, had fun for a year. Um, but... Uh, the world keeps drawing me back and I was offered a job in Singapore and I met my husband four months after that and that was marketing services. So for an IT research company called IDC, 
So always tech. I, lo I love tech, right? Um, and then, yeah, so a couple of kids later and all that sort of stuff, started my own business, not at the right, not at the right time. The 2008 financial crisis hit. We moved to Phuket. Um, my 15-month-old got electro electrocuted within a week, and we're like, all right, this isn't going to work. Went back to Australia. Didn't enjoy that year in Australia, so it went back to Singapore with no job and just went, all right, let's make it work. And um, eventually we just sort of, it was just, it was just, you know, sometimes you're too early. So it was content marketing and uh, the region just wasn't ready for what I was selling. And it didn't matter. I couldn't find my champion in business to say, I hear what you're saying. Yes, you're right. That is the future. So I reached out to all these people I knew. Microsoft said, come and join our comms team, work, working across Asia, which was a fantastic job. But I noticed that people, the employees of the organization weren't sharing the content and the stories that the company was telling. And then after that, I went to a content agency and it was the same thing. And people started asking me to teach them. I call it social leadership, how to be social leaders. So how to use a social media platform. So I started building up my training materials and then it was almost, uh, I had my anniversary recently, a six-year anniversary of launching the Digital Conversationalist. So that's my training. So I work with big B2B companies, tech, uh, distribution, financial services typically. And also I'm an author, professional speaker, so I do all sorts of things. But yeah, so I've been in uh, Phuket for the last four and a half years. So working the remote digital nomad life, I tell people I'm a I'm a Gen X and I know I'm a millennial in a Gen X body. <laughs> I've been trying to I've been trying to find this way to this lifestyle for a long time, but I was too early for the tech to support it. So, yeah, so um, you know, I life's life's a big adventure for me and uh I I'm one of those and my husband's not the same. Uh but I'm one of those people that say, "Yep, let's go. Let's give it a go. I don't need certainty." Um cuz you never know what's going to come and I think you always eventually land on your feet in one way or another. So that's pretty much me in a nutshell. <laughs> wow, God, there's so much in here, Andrea. It's brilliant. So, God, and I, uh, I hadn't appreciated quite how extensively you travelled, both sort of, you know, for, I guess, your own personal um, experiences, but also from a business point of view. So that's fantastic because, I mean, I think the world's an exciting place, but doing business in all those different sort of, you know, geographies is, is challenging as well, isn't it? Oh, I love it. You know, I, there's a concept called cultural intelligence. I don't think it's as well known as an idea yet, but um, to work out how to get the best out of the people that you work with in the different cultures requires really deep empathy and sensitivity, but also you can't be arrogant. You can't think that you've got all the answers and, you know, that, that white person sort of sort of profile that often it's sort of before you even walk in the door there's a perception of who you're going to be based on just how you look right so you've got to go in there and you've got to be very humble and you've got to listen you've got to pay attention and you've got to hear the the messages that are not necessarily verbal because there's so many different ways of communicating right and so yeah I, I, to me it's a it's a great privilege you know I, I love going to India and, and working with with clients in India or the Philippines where it's a whole different experience and it's like you're working with a family of people and everybody loves each other or Singapore and they're a little bit more suspicious of you, but by the end they might warm up. Um, but it takes time. You've got to build trust, you know, and when you've got a team working for you, the number one thing, they need to trust that you're never going to throw them under the bus. If they know that you'll always take responsibility and take the blame, if you're asking them to take a risk, you've also got to be willing to take the responsibility of them taking a risk. And as soon as they know that, brilliant. You, you, they, they just flourish because they, they've got permission to flourish. And, and as, as long as they don't get in trouble, because you've got, you've got to deal with the face thing, right? 
and you've got to respect it and honor it and what it means. So I don't know, for me, the discovery of how this beautiful world works and how we're all so different, but actually we're all so similar at the same time. To me, it's one of my greatest joys in life. <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. And it's a perfect symmetry. I mean, I spent loads of time in India, China, running travel businesses. So I completely, completely, you know, I'm nodding away going, yes, 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 you're right, Andrea. But yeah, that cultural sensitivity is critical, isn't it? And actually, I think also the other thing, I don't know if you find this, it actually makes you a better communicator, even in your own language or, or your own kind of, you know, uh, normal working environment, because you're much more sensitive and much more aware of those cues yeah I, I think you you also um you're paying you pay attention communication is i think if you know if i only lived in australia my communication would be very sort of just there'd be one style of communication right and i think when you travel and live away from your home and your roots you you're, you actually start to learn like one of my favorite communication stories uh, i was backpacking through the annapurna trail in nepal have you ever done that I haven't, but it's on my list. <laughs> oh, please, 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 please do it. It's the most magnificently beautiful place. Anyway, I was walking along, boiling hot day, and, and this la old lady, really weathered, beaten, like, you know, lines, deep lines in her face, and she was smoking a pipe, and there was marijuana growing all around us, and she just had a big smile on her face, and she had a white goat on a rope. And I've still got a photo of this beautiful lady, right? We talked for an hour, and neither of us spoke each other's language. And we laughed and we talked and, and I, I, remember, I just remember walking away from her going, I don't know what we just did then, but we really, we really did hear each other without language. And I suppose that to me almost was maybe the beginning of my journey of language and communication on, and, the, and the deep layers and the many ways that you can do it. And yeah, it's fun. It's good. You, you, see, you see the world with different eyes when you can communicate like that, I think. Oh, that's incredible. I had a, a bit goose pimples when you, were, when you were speaking there. No, I can imagine that. That's amazing. Because I think there's something like 170,000 words in the, in the English language. Uh, about 5,000 are used regularly, but there are about 700,000 aspects of body language. Um, so that, that absolutely plays to what you were just describing there, wasn't it? So um, amazing. amazing. So let's talk about the digital side of things, because obviously communicating in a digital world is different to communicating, you know, face to face or, you know, in, in more traditional ways. So how's, how do you, how do you work with your clients to help them navigate that sort of digital world that we're in that's fast changing as well, you know, all the time? Yeah. I think the biggest thing that I start with, is, so I always try and start with the leadership team because if you can get the leadership team board in, you can then take it out to the entire employee base. But all the surveys I've done, the employees believe that the leaders have got to own it because if they own it, they, 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 they not only do it, but, but they respect their employees doing it. So if the, if the leaders don't own it and they don't respect their employees doing it, it becomes something that the employees are reluctant to do because it's not valued by the organisation. So I always try and start with the leaders. And almost 100% of the time, the majority of them just go to me, I hate this. I don't want to do this. Uh, people are narcissistic. People are e egotistical and everything that, you know, and, I'm, and I, that, my first thing is tell me, tell me, tell me your cynicism, like tell me, whatever, I don't care, whatever you want to say, tell me. And, and then I run my program, which is all about getting out there and being of service to your audience, participating with deep integrity, not getting involved in any of the horrible, nasty conversations that people get involved in 
and um, having a giving economy mindset, which is something that I, I really believe in. And it's like you help other people rise. You, you shine a light on other people. It's not about you. It's about your audience and your community. So it's about participation. It's social media, not broadcast media. And so many people use social media as broadcast media. It's like, hello, look at me. I'm fantastic. I've just done this and I won this. And, I'm, and that's fine sometimes. But there's no, the only person who really loves that stuff is your mum, right? So it's about who, who, what do you want to get out there into the world and, and be known for? And it can be related to your job or it can be something completely different. Uh, like one girl, one lady at a bank, girl, I shouldn't say girl, one lady at a bank, her big passion topic was um, sexual slavery. And she really wanted to go out there and really take a stand on that while still working for the bank. And, you know, I spent a lot of time with her working out how she could do it in a way that could be aligned with her profession, right? So you can talk about your business or you can talk about other issues, meditation, mindfulness, whatever it is that you want to talk about. And you build a profile around being a person who is, you know, you're inspiring people or you're motivating people or you're educating people or you're making them laugh, but you're serving an audience and be very specific about that audience. But you, to be specific about an audience, you've also got to be very specific about your focus. So that's kind of the, the way I go about it. And, and most of my work is helping people work out what their focus is. And the second thing that I spend most of my time doing is convincing people to have the courage to go out there and have a voice on social media because most people go, why would anyone care what I've got to say? And I'm like, every single person on this planet has a point of view that's worth hearing. And I don't care who you are, what you do, what level you are, you have a point of view that's worth listening to. The problem with most organisations is they still only value the most senior voices in the organisation and they need to start understanding that if they want to keep their employees, empower their employees, give them permission to have a voice on social media. Sure, there's always going to be a couple that shouldn't be on social media, but the majority of people carry themselves beautifully. If you give them the, the just not, not rules, I, go, I, I always say get rid of the social media rules. Tell people they've got to participate in alignment with the company values. If they're doing that, it's very rare for a person to, to mess it up. Like, you know, they talk to customers, they talk to partners, they talk to all the stakeholders, and yet they can't talk on social media. I'm like, don't make a megaphones for the company. That's boring. So many companies are doing that through their employee advocacy programs, right? Allow them to go and have a voice on the thing that they care most about, you know, and uh, it's, it's, it completely transforms businesses, completely transforms them. Oh, that's amazing. There's so many brilliant, um, you know, kind of tips and tricks here and, and approaches, because I think you're right. You know, I, I've run very large global travel businesses over the years. And, you know, I, I always talk about freedom within a framework. And that's that really fits with what you're saying is, you know, OK, there's some parameters, but it's aligned with our company values. And if the team have that anyway, that becomes the framework. Um, and, and the freedom is bringing their authentic selves to, to whichever platform, isn't it? That allows them to, you know, have, have that voice. So I love that. That's a great approach. Fantastic. Oh, I love it. It's a yeah. privilege. <laughs> I can it really see, is. I can see you love what you do. And, and you know, in terms of um, facing the fear, uh, because clearly you're a pretty out there personality. You've traveled the world. You've had incredible experiences. I mean, you, we're going to talk about resilience in a little bit around sort of starting businesses, 
making changes out of corporate life into entrepreneur and all of that good stuff. But in terms of someone that's maybe fearful of putting themselves out on social media, you know, even for the for their own personal stuff, not necessarily the business, what are some of the easy things that you can help them with just as a bit of advice in terms of helping them get out of their own way in a way? Oh, we've all got to sort out the voices in our head that tell us we're not good enough, we're useless, you know, all that sort of stuff that goes on in our head. And we've just got to, we've got to lock that voice down and just get rid of it. And I, I always say it's sort of locked in the back of my mind in a box, but it, it, it gets out there sometimes and tries to convince me otherwise. But, you know, like you've got a point of view, you've got something to say. You know, when you're at a dinner party or you're hanging out with your friends and when you talk, if people are leaning into you and their eyes are open and they're really listening to what you've got to say, that means that you've got something that's worth hearing. And it's not about going out there and getting millions of followers or all that sort of stuff. It's going out there and just touch one life, you know, make one, make one person's day better. You know, don't, you know, and at the beginning, it's not such a big deal. No one's really paying attention. It takes a long time to build a voice. So just get out there and just, you know, the, 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 the digital channels are dominated by people who do not represent all of us. They're, they're divisive. They're negative. And, you know, but they've got an outsized presence on social media. So I actually see it as our human obligation to each other to go out there and be a voice on social media because we need the good good people and if there's more of us on social media and there are more of us in reality right but if there's more of us on social media they can't troll and rip us all down and you know eventually you kind of get to the point if you've got any if you're scared of trolls or bots or any of that sort of stuff you kind of get to a point where i don't really care if i don't know you and you don't know me and i don't know how much you think about things i don't know how much research you do I don't know. I don't know your commitment to your knowledge. If you're going to try and rip me down for my knowledge, I'm confident in how I got mine. I'm not saying I'm right. And I would love to have a conversation with somebody who disagrees with me as long as they keep it respectful. But if I don't know, and if you're not showing me that you're, you're doing the work and you're just there to cut me down, I don't care. And I just ignore you. So yeah, just, you know, we, we need, we, we need to stop being scared and we need to step into our voices and we need to get the world on track and heading in the right direction because I believe that we're heading towards dystopia and we'll never get towards a utopia. But if we stay silent, we will allow that dystopia to grow. And that scares me probably more than anything. And it's all of us stepping into our voices and having the courage to, to be counted, you know, so it's an obligation, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. And and you're right. I think one of the things that I um, kind of help people when I'm working with them is to say, listen, people are going to judge you. They are. It's human nature. They're going to judge you anyway. So you may as well put yourself out there for something that's important to you, though you can add value, help other people. And OK, you know, actually, if you get criticised or some negative reactions, it's probably saying more about the other person than you anyway. Um, so, but if you, if you put yourself out there, it's like a pebble in a pond, isn't it? When you drop that pebble, the ripple impact, you never know whose lives you are touching and um, by what you've done. So I agree with you. There is um, an obligation for all of us to, to share our voices and our messages to help others. Like hundred percent. We are, we are all ripple makers if we choose to be, but you know, we, we've got some challenging years ahead of us and we need we need to get on top of it and we need to stop allowing, you know, the dividers to keep dividing us because, and, and also sitting in fear, you know, if anyone's sitting in fear, like, especially if fear is being marketed to you and it can be marketed to you by politicians, 
It can be marketed to you by businesses, you know, the, the fear of missing out, FOMO, right? That's fear. Um, we've got to stop allowing ourselves to be, um, to, to sit in that fear and we've got to step forward beyond it. And if anyone's marketing fear to us, whether it's business, politics, whatever, or even our friends and family, because just because they're your friends and family doesn't mean they've actually got, you know, your, your best interests in mind. They might say they do, but it doesn't mean that they do. You're the one that knows. And I, one, of my, one of my sayings is we have to learn to trust in our own counsel, our own wisdom within. You know, there's too much external influence coming at us and we're taking it on board and accepting it as the truth, but we've got to work out what our truth is. Who are we and what do we believe and what do we want to do? And it does take courage, trust me, but it's such, so liberating when you can get outside of, all of that stuff, all of those people telling you what you should be, what you should do, what you should look like, or, you know, all that. It's just nonsense, right? Um, and also sometimes it's about their lack of courage. They don't want you to do it because they haven't got the courage to do it. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I love that word courage. And it, it aligns really nicely with the title of, of this podcast and my podcast, Brave, Bold, Brilliant. You know, so bravery, courage, um, however you describe it, actually pushing out of your comfort zone to actually make an impact in a way that wouldn't happen if you kept silent or you, you know, you didn't follow your truth is, um, is incredibly powerful. So, and, you know, I love the, uh, you had the book, uh, Uncommon Courage, uh, which was your first book. And of course you've got your second book, haven't you? Oh no, the first book was 18 steps on all-star LinkedIn, wasn't it? And then this the new book is Uncommon Courage. So talk about the two books and what they're about, who they're, who they're aiming, who they help. And, and then I want to get into the courage side of it a little bit more if I can, Andrea. All right. So 18 steps to an all-star LinkedIn profile just flows off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> um, but basically it was, um, it was a document that I was building over a number of years and I was giving it to the attendees of my um, social media training, social leadership training courses, right? And um, eventually I'm just like, why don't I just publish this as a book? So anyway, so I published it two years ago. I'm about, I'm about to republish it as a 2022 edition. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's the basics. It's uh, how, to get, how to get your profile looking good. And then the next step is, you know, all the other stuff that I talk about. So I just recently published this idea called the Social Leadership Manifesto, which is more about the ideas of participation and the back, you know, how you should be thinking when you participate. So 18 Steps is the beginner's guide to LinkedIn and, um, you know, it's great and it's perfect and it does its job. Uncommon Courage. So basically 50 days before the 1st of January 2020, I did a Wisdom a Day on YouTube and they were from up to, leading up to my 50th birthday. And a couple of months after my 50th birthday, of course, the pandemic hit. And being in Phuket in Thailand, we were the first country outside of China to get COVID. So... We went into lockdown long before everybody else. Um, and somebody uh, sent me the transcript of, of the wisdoms and I just kind of put it, I didn't like it. I didn't like reading it. I didn't feel good reading it. And then about six months later into the pandemic, I could just feel the pain and the confusion and the languishing and the fear and the terror that was just going around the world, of course, because, you know, it wasn't just at that moment the pandemic began. It was also the next moment when Delta came through and that made people really scared. And then we kind of start getting the vaccines coming and then Omicron comes and, you know, it's just new shock after new shock and people, I could feel the pain, right? So I, I pulled it out 
and I shrunk every single wisdom down to a paragraph. <laughs> and, and I was going to just print it out as a little book with a little bit of hope. And then I just started rewriting them all again. And then I ended up with, that was 50 I started with, and I ended up with 108. And it, they go across um, seven categories. So it's self-awareness, self-empowerment, empower others, external influences, career thoughts, climate courage, and social leadership. And it, so it's all mixed up. It's not all, like, it's not seven sections. It's just all mixed up. And it's just all of these ideas and thoughts and experiences that I've had sort of being on the road. And it's the path to peace and contentment, you know, and it's about getting a handle on yourself. It's about working out, like, what are your thoughts and what are everybody else's thoughts? Who are you? Uh, it's about getting your emotions under control and not, not being, not, you know, so many people are just constantly reacting and responding to other people's emotions. And it's about being able to sort of sit in your own calm place when we're dealing with these really, really complicated times. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a book that I, I, I really hope people read. And pe friends have said to me, it's like, you know, it really helps them sort of get centered. Another friend told me it helped. I've done all the thinking for her. Um, you know, but people are responding to different parts of it. The self-awareness and self-empowerment in, in particular for people, because I think self-awareness is, is something that is pretty low in society. And it's because we've got too much noise and too much distraction around us. And we're, we're just like, ah, all the time. And we, we've got to go to the silence within and hear those voices too. So it sort of talks about stuff like that. So it's, it's gentle. It's not, you know, I'm not telling people how to think or be or live. It's just, you know, this is my observation, you know. What, so have a think about it from your perspective. You know, if you're brought up with religion, you know, is it yours? Is it your parents? How do you feel about it now? Is it still, you know, and it's, about, it's just about questioning ourselves on the deepest possible level. But mainly I just want people to be calm because we need to be calm. You know, we've got some terrifying times coming up. You know, I actually think we're going to look back on the pandemic as two years of peace because the future is going to be a lot more disrupted. And just the other day I heard a Gartner survey, 50% of employees are just not interested in change anymore. They've had enough. And I'm like, wow, we're only at the beginning of this time of change. So, yeah, so that's kind of gives you a feel for what it's all about. Oh, fantastic. And, and presumably any, anyone that's interested in buying the book can get that from sort of Amazon, all the all the usual places, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Well, I, I'm going to actually read that myself, Andrea, because I think it sounds like an incredible book. Um, so, yeah, I will I will give you some feedback once I've done that. <laughs> all right, cool. Cool. I'd love that. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. That's great. But, you know, just coming back to, to a piece around resilience, right? So you, as you were describing your journey earlier on, you know, you talked about how you've traveled extensively, how, you know, you used to work very much in that corporate PR com space with, you know, big brands like Microsoft. And then you, you know, you jumped out to become your own boss, become an entrepreneur, do all the things that you're that you're kind of doing today, which is fantastic. So how do you personally um, manage to be so resilient at a time with change, uncertainty, whether that's imposed upon you, like COVID imposed it upon us to a certain degree, um, versus when you make a jump and decide, oh, and I'm going to make a big career move or I'm going to change countries. So talk about the resilience and how that manifests for you. I actually think it started for me when I was a young teenager. Um, I would ask the adults in my life for advice, right? And I'd say, I, I want to do this. And I would hear their opinions 
Um, and I'd be like, mm, okay, I'm going to do it anyway. And I succeeded or I failed, but either way I learned. And that sort of made me go, well, maybe, maybe these adults in my life actually aren't the people with the best advice. And that's when I really started to learn to trust in myself. So I was quite young when I learned to trust in myself. And it, you know, it didn't, you know, obviously I made, you know, in, the, in my youth, I must have been in complete and utter pain in the ass uh, because, because, you know, it can come across as very arrogant and, 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 and you're learning to navigate communication and how to speak about these things with adults. So I know I was a total pain in the ass, but I, I, I learned to trust in myself, my own wisdom within, right? And so I think that's the starting point. The other thing is the need for certainty. I don't have it. Um, you know, my husband's a lot more likes to know what's coming up and, you know, we, we've talked about these coming years that he needs to let me worry about it and he just focuses on the day-to-day and we, we, we move forward together. But if you always, if you always have a goal in mind, when you get to, the, okay, when I was, when I was 25 and I landed in London, I, I, I'd achieved all the goals I'd already set for myself by that point, you know, and I, and it, it was probably a good year. I was like, oh, I've, I've done everything that I wanted to do from a travel perspective. Like work, work was always about financing life. It wasn't the other way around. But there's no cert, there's no, I don't, like, I don't know where I'm going next. Uh, I don't know what doors will be open to me. So I just sort of show up as a who I am. And, you know, in, if people don't like it, the door won't be open. If they like it, the door will be open. And see where it takes me because I think, you know, for a long time now, the world has been open for all of us to take take chances and, you know, you're going to fail and that's okay. And allow yourself to feel the feelings of that, but don't stick, sit in them. Just learn the lesson, move forward and keep going. If you believe where you're going and it's not the destination, it's the belief in the journey and the message and what you're trying to do and the trying to impact you want to make in the world and what the life you want for your family and all that sort of stuff. If you believe in where you're going... I think the resilience comes along with that naturally. So, you know, I know I've got a strong mind. I know that I can get through things very quickly. Um, I don't resist them when I go through bad times. Like just in the last couple of months have probably been the worst for me from a, from a uh, like mental health perspective, just trying to come to, work, to terms with all the crazy stuff that's going on in the world right now. And, and it's big, you know, not just Ukraine, the climate crisis, famine. Mm. You know, we've got geopolitical chaos. Um, none of us know where's, where this is going to go. And we don't know if it's going to be, like I said, utopia or dystopia. Right? We're, we're all sitting there waiting for it, right? So who are you within the mix of that? So, you know, I'm trying to get those pieces back together in my brain and my heart and putting the, I call it my armour, you know, my, the courage, the, the Uncommon Courage front cover is, it's purple armour with hearts because we need to protect ourselves. We need to protect our minds and our hearts. And it's difficult when there's so much coming at us all the time. But, you know, try and get into that place. And I think that's the it, – it, strength comes from being in control of your mind and your heart, I think, if, 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 I came to, if it came down to, like, a really basic description. I think that's where, it, I think that's where our strength is.
Mm, yeah, I love that. I mean, I often say, you know, focus on the things you can control and don't try not to over over sort of worry about things that are out of your control. But when things come our way that we, we can't control everything, but we can control how we feel about it, how we respond to it, you know, and, and not everything's going to go well in life. That's just not realistic, is it? So but what can you learn from it? How does it make you stronger? And I, I think that that resilience is so important in you know, whether you're running a multi-multi-billion pound business or you're an entrepreneur starting up from your kitchen table, you know, you need resilience, you need that. Um, so I think, you know, the whole ethos that you stand for, Andrew, is incredibly powerful. Um, it genuinely is. So, you know, it's great to hear what you've been doing and how you're helping other people and really giving people the, the confidence and the permission to put themselves out there with strength and courage um, and conviction, right? I think that just don't be scared of the hard times. You know, so many, so many people spend their life making sure that they never go into the hard times and the hard times come whether we want them or not, right? Um, and when you're in the hard times, already be learning the lessons before. Don't learn, you can learn them afterwards. The lessons are always there, right? But even when you're in them, try and, try and, try and embrace the mindset of, oh, what's, what's the opportunity I'm being given here? You know, and, and often it's to keep believing in yourself. That's often the opportunity. Just keep believing in yourself. You know, uh, and, and so many people will try and take that away from you. Don't ever let anyone take your self-belief away. It's, it's, it's the strongest thing that you have. And, um, yeah, I think that's – and self-belief isn't arrogant. It's actually quite gentle, you know, if, if, if it sits in the right place in your body. But, you, yeah, just keep, keep your self-belief because it's, it's the core of who we are, right? Oh, it's the most important thing. I always say it has to start with the inner you. Everything you do has to be. 100%. And, and, you know, we all have to work on it. I have to work on it every single day, you know, and, and it's a, and you will, you will, you will never be the complete finished article. None of us will ever. And that's okay. You know, we're all perfectly imperfect, I think. So, um, yeah, <laughs> be yourself. What's it? Be yourself. Everyone else is taken, you know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I love all of this. Brilliant. So, so Andrew, what's next for you? You know, you've got a huge amount going on, you, you know, you're, you're making a, bringing awareness around, around the sort of the books and all of the work you do, but what's the sort of the big focus for you over the next few years? Do you think, I know you haven't got the certainty, but I'm sure you've got some ideas in terms of where you're going to be heading. Oh, look, you know, all I really want to do is go out there and, and, and have the opportunity to give people the courage to step into their voice, you know. Um, and I, I, I don't know where that's going to be. And I, I love working with businesses, uh, but I'd love to work with some of the big charities as well. And, um, you know, like any, any opportunity I've got, female communities, just to get people, people to speak their truth, you know. Like, you know, bad times happen because the, the majority stays silent. So I suppose I see my role as going out there and helping people not be silent because that's not, that's not good for any of us. So, yeah, and, and, you know, in Phuket, I'm working with a wonderful community of people where we're really looking at, really looking at sustainability and, and trying to establish a model that we can give to all of the other beautiful tropical paradises around the world of what, we, what can be done as a community to make the environment beautiful and clean um, and also getting ready so, you know, they, they're talking about we're going to hit 1.5 in the next few years, which I've known about for a long, long time. Um, how do we get the infrastructure in place? Because there's a lot of people, like we have a lot of Burmese migrants and refugees. Mm. Uh, a lot of the Thai people who lost their jobs are living in, in tin sheds. They can't survive in an environment like that when, when the temperature goes to those sort of extremes. And we're seeing it in India and Pakistan at the moment, right? 
So how can we how can we get the infrastructure in place so that they can survive in these extreme temperatures? They're not going to be all year round to start with, um, but yeah, just sort of really looking at that. How do we clean it up? How do I how do we get that? How do we stop rubbish getting into the oceans? You know, not just on the beaches, but even getting into the oceans in the first place and looking at and what are those global solutions that we can... So I'm sort of pretty busy trying to do that as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's important, isn't it? You know, because you have, a, you have a very clear purpose, a very clear reason why, you know, why you get out of bed. And, 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 and I guess really the legacy that you're, you're hoping to leave, you know, and leave the world a better place than, than how it was when you came into it. And I think that's absolutely commendable. And we all should be doing our bit, whatever that bit is. Everyone, every single person can, can make a difference, can't they, in all of those Absolutely. Even even just using your voice and sharing awareness in your communities, because awareness is still incredibly low. Uh, young people, please vote. Please vote. You know, I'm I'm a Gen X, and I will not have more voting power than my parents until 2028. So we've never stood a chance of defining the glo uh, the conversations in our own countries. Millennials and Gen Z, you guys have now got more power than the boomers. It doesn't mean the boomers are bad. We can't have that. We can't be talking like that. They've just got different priorities. So if you guys want, you know, like any any vote that's gone badly and you guys haven't voted, that's on you, you know. So get out there and vote. Own your future. Be part of the solution. Um, and talk up. Get involved. Get active. If you're getting depressed, getting eco-anxiety, go and find a community to be part of. I'm just going to put a – I'm about to put a resources blog together with all of the eco-anxiety resources I've found because it's really hard. I mean, I've basically been dealing with eco-anxiety the last few months, and I've been dealing with it and getting over it for a number of years now. So I know that a lot of people are facing this for the very first time, and it's really overwhelming them. You can see it all over social media. People are like, oh, my God. Um, you've got to get through it. Don't resist it. And when you get out the other, uh, other side, it's time to get into action. Action is what will get you out of feeling that way. So I'm there if you need me. Brilliant. No, that's great. Mm -hmm. And and Andrew, where can people actually find you if they want to connect with you? I'm the digital conversationalist, so I'm very easy to find. But my professional handle is Andrea T. Edwards, and that's also my website. And I've also got another website, uncommon-courage.com. And I've got two different blogs on, on both of those sites. So it's Andrea T. Edwards is professional, Uncommon Courage is the more personal sort of stuff. So. Mm. I'm easy to find on social media. <laughs> Brilliant. So they can hunt you down wherever they choose. So that is fantastic. I love that. So listen, Andrew, we could talk all day. Um, we could. I am going to come to a few final questions, if you don't mind. Um, so, you know, you've had a, a hell of a life so far, and I, I feel the best is yet to come as well for, for you. Uh, but when you look back over your life, your career, your business life, your personal life, can you think of, you know, the best piece of advice you've been given or a really good piece of advice that sort of stayed with you a long time? I don't think it's advice that I've been given that sort of has resonated with me, but it's, um, it's behaviours of leaders in my life and their expectations of excellence, their expectations of, um, you know, you work hard, you're diligent. Uh, I think a lot of people are being raised today without that. Um, they're being raised in a softer way, whereas I was raised in times that were a little bit harder. But, you know, the commitment to excellence, you know, and it, that comes back to the resilience. And my musical career, there were two people, this guy called Bill, Bill Youngson and later uh, Doug Trotman. They were two, two conductors in these bands that I was playing in. And, um, yeah, they expected a lot from me and they pushed me because they knew I was capable, so it made, but so that made me push myself. So for me, it's more of a behavioural style rather than particular words. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then 
the learning to believe in my own my own wisdom my own knowledge my own my my internal voice that that was a big i think those two together were very powerful yeah and obviously that's then led to you really the profession you followed you know everything that you believe in so yeah obviously very very strong so i love that and you know can you think of a time when um maybe someone gave you some advice that wasn't so helpful didn't go so well or that you know you ignored it because the great thing about advice is you can listen to it digest it and then you decide what to do with it <laughs> so uh, any, any bad advice or advice that didn't quite go so well oh there's so much advice that you get in life and oh god it's amazing how many people give you advice and and you're like why, why, why would you even think I'd want to do that um I remember one time I, I had the opportunity of a, a female who was an executive leader and she's a fabulous person and I, I adore her and she said to me I want to I want to groom you to be an executive in the company and I was so grateful to her for offering me that and believing that I was capable of it but I said to her but I don't want it I don't want to do that I don't want to do what you do I don't like what it looks like I don't like the politics I don't like you know just the amount of bullshit you have to put up with and um and that was hard because I didn't want to insult her but I knew that I needed to do my own thing I knew that I needed to be free and I needed I need to wander I need to be able to pack up and move I need to know that I can I don't have to do it all the time you know I was in Singapore 17 years um I've been in Phuket four and a half years it's not that I'm it's a it's not the short-term commitment thing it's the ability to say we need to move. So we came here so that our, son could, our sons could go to the school here, but one in particular needed this education and we're just like, right, we're going. And we just made a decision like that. So it's uh, honour on, on who you are and what you need to be happy. You know, if, you, if you're locked into something that doesn't make you happy, then that's, that's not a life worth living. It's just not, you know. Yeah, 100%. And so so often people spend time, you know, following a path that they think they should do or that's going to please other people or is expected of them by society. But you're right, you know, we're all on our own journey and you've got to do what's what's right for you, I think. And, um, yeah. and then you'll show you'll show up in the best the best version of yourself, I think. Yeah. And yeah. And you also stretch every part of you and you can't help but be open minded. You can't help but be accepting of differences. You you know, there's some of the divisive rhetoric that's going on around the world at the moment. I just, it doesn't make any sense to me because the vast majority of people are so glorious and, and a tiny percentage aren't. And, it, you know, if, if my kids were gay, I could whatever, you know, as long as they're happy, I don't care. Um, you know, this whole, all this stuff that's going on, like the whole abortion argument in America, it's just like why this need to control people, you know. So why are we, why are we here? We need to free everybody so that, you know, we can start to build a new world that's not abusing nature, that's in alignment with nature. But we keep going back to these old habits and this concept of control is the only way that we can move forward. No, it's not. We need to, we need to move in a new direction and, and, a, and a whole new level of consciousness. We need to be thinking in a whole new way. But we've got these old thinkers and they're, 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 they're taking over politics around the world, which is hugely concerning, right? So we've got to we've got to speak up and stop that from that momentum from building because it's it is building and I'm 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 not enjoying it 
we got mm. to we got to sort it out, right? Yeah. Well, listen. I mean, thank God that we have got people like you with a strong voice that care that want to make the biggest impact to make the world a better place. Because we all we all have that within us, I think. And you know, talking to you now, I can see that we've got so many shared values and we're very aligned, uh, which is fantastic. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Um, and your word courage resonates very well with me as well. Um, and this podcast called Brave Bold Brilliant. So my my final question, which I love to always get a perspective on, is what does brave, bold, brilliant mean to you, Andrea? Uh, it's just someone who just doesn't care what anyone else thinks and they're just going for it and they're, you know, whatever their background, it doesn't matter. It's just, they're just saying, hello world, here I am, accept me as I am. And uh, yeah, and they're a gift and I love them. Every time one of those people shows up in my life, I just want to give them the biggest hug because I'm like, oh, brilliant. You know, it's an, yeah, and we can all be that. We can all be that. And, uh, yeah, I admire what you're doing here. It's great. Oh, fantastic. Well, yeah, I agree. There's greatness in everyone and there aren't any limits, only the ones we place on ourselves. So, um, yeah, set yourself free to make an impact. I love that. That's really great. So, yeah, thank you so much, Andra. I have really enjoyed our conversation. Honestly, I uh, really appreciate you. Thank you so much. It's been great. I really loved it too. Oh, great stuff. <laughs> I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review. 